0: Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of The Daily Dialectic, the philosophy, politics, and culture podcast uh, called The Daily Dialectic, but it doesn't come out every day, not even close. And what does dialectic means mean? Well, I know what it means, but I'm not going to tell you. Um, so today I wanted to talk about some current events, what's going on in the news. News is crazy, have you seen it? Um, but first, I want to talk about important shit. Like the NBA playoffs. So if you know me, you know I'm a big Celtics guy because I grew up in the Boston area. Um, And the Celtics have been not so great for a while, but they are kicking everyone's ass over the last few months. And they're up three games to nothing on the Brooklyn Nets. And I mention it not to jinx them, knocking on wood, you know, uh, but because the team doesn't really have any superstars. Well, I mean, it has some very good players, but uh, they were all drafted by the Celtics, and they developed them, and the fans are attached to them. And it's pretty unique in professional sports. Um, and they're playing the Brooklyn Nets right now in the first round of the playoffs. And the Nets are, like, the most classic fake team maybe ever. Uh, so the Nets are a New Jersey team. They were the New Jersey Nets for, you know, 30 years or whatever. Uh, and then in, like, 2013, when Brooklyn hipsterism was kind of at its peak, uh, This Russian oligarch billionaire Mikhail Prokhorov bought the team and decided to move it to downtown Brooklyn and they cleared out all of these businesses and homes and people who had lived there and worked there forever um, right in downtown Brooklyn and built this horribly ugly stadium called the Barclays Center, which is named after one of the oldest banks in uh, England, Barclays Bank. And they were heavily, they made most of their money in the transatlantic slave trade in like the 1600s, but that's just a little sad point. Um, And so, yeah, they don't really belong in Brooklyn. No one in Brooklyn likes them because they're so new. Um, And people from New Jersey aren't going to like come to Brooklyn. So none of it makes sense. It was all just like, you know, a Russian billionaire's idea because he thought it was cool and he could make money doing it. Um, They had Jay-Z be like the cultural ambassador for it. Back then, uh, you know, it was a lot, there was a lot of hype about how Jay-Z owned the Nets and he's making it cool for Brooklyn, but he owned like a fraction of 1% of the team and he sold it like immediately after because he started some shitty like sports management business on the side. And so he couldn't be a sports team partial owner and run that business, which I don't even know if he does anymore. Like he signed Robinson Cano, who's the big uh, Yankee second baseman, who I think played for the Mariners after. That was, like, his only big client. I think he kind of gave up on that. But anyway, they had Jay-Z as, like, the, you know, soft power, the black face of capitalism and so on to kind of convince people in Brooklyn that, like, oh, it's actually fine that we're doing this because Jay-Z's black and people in Brooklyn know him, so whatever. Um, But he had nothing to do with the team. And, yeah, they had some of the old Celtics players come over in, like, the first year or two of the Nets, Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce, um, in a trade. And you know, so that was, it was all marketing and it was all hype and it was all bullshit. And that's precisely what Brooklyn is. Um, You know, Brooklyn's like this low-lying swampland across from Manhattan. And it's been sold as like this cool, hip place to live, but it's really horrible unless you're rich or something. Um, Or if you're just like really young and you don't care about like your surroundings or anything and you're just drunk all the time. If you're like an alcoholic, it's a fine place to live. Not that I am, of course. Uh, And so, yeah, the Nets aren't a real team. Um, They have a bunch of different coaches all the time. Their coach now is Steve Nash, who sucks as a coach. He was a very good basketball player, so I think that's why he got the job. But he's a horrible coach. Uh, They brought in Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant a couple years ago and James Harden, who they recently traded. So it's all just big stars, just free agents who come in and, you know, There's no team, there's no franchise, there's no community, there's nothing. And the fans don't really have a connection to them at all. Like, I was watching uh, the game at a bar the other night, and the Brooklyn Nets fans, when Kyrie was on the screen, they were like, come on, you fucking weirdo, come on, you fucking weirdo. Like, they don't respect Kyrie, they think he's weird, they don't like him. Um, But they know he's good, so, you know, that's why they have him. And yeah, contrast that with the Celtics... All of their players are completely homegrown, drafted. Uh, they play team basketball. They pass the ball a lot. They play the best defense in the league, which is all just about effort. And then that's play no defense. So I thought that was interesting. Um, go Celtics. Okay, um, some other shit I wanted to talk about. Elon Musk, the Tesla CEO, City, um, you know, renewable energy weirdo um i guess the richest man in the world i don't really know how um i guess tesla is they're selling a lot of cars i don't know i don't see that many tesla cars around and they can't really produce that many from what i hear um i guess his space company spacex is doing well i, I think like, i haven't looked into this <laughs> in too much detail but I, I imagine he's making most of his money from spacex and how does spacex get money from NASA giving them contracts, which is, of course, a government thing. So yeah, the richest man in the world, Elon Musk, totally propped up from government contracts, uh, which is usually the case with these, you know, amazing genius capitalist billionaires. So he put in a bid for Twitter, I guess it was last week or two weeks ago. I don't know. I can't keep track of time anymore. Um, And it was like $45 billion was his bid. And it was immediately rejected but then th- this week today monday um as soon as the week started it went through so i don't know why there was a reversal like that um and 45 billion dollars obviously it's a lot but it's a fraction of elon musk's wealth and most of his wealth isn't liquid it's not like he has dollars for the most part it's all just like tied up in stock and options and all kinds of bullshit you know what you know what rich people do um and yeah, like I think WhatsApp was sold f- to Facebook for $25 billion a bunch of years ago. And so Twitter's only tw- $20 billion more valuable than WhatsApp. I don't know. Like, I feel like Twitter's a lot more popular and more people use it. I could be wrong. People, I don't know. This might be my American bias. Like people all around the world and the global self, uh, I guess we'll call it, love WhatsApp. But um, yeah. And so the interesting thing to me about Elon Musk buying Twitter is that Twitter's been like this very big, you know, like pro-leftist, pro-liberal, woke kind of place. They support all of that um, and all of their corporate language and just in everything. They're very, you know signaling that they support all the different woke twin, uh, twins. <laughs> woke twins. Woke tw- trends. I'm very tired and haven't eaten much today. I'm sorry for... <laughs> I guess when I don't eat much or when I'm very tired, I um, get a weird lisp or... What's it called when you say twend instead of trend? I don't know. Is that a lisp? I'm rambling. Um, And... Elon Musk is not a very woke guy. Um, He's not, like, aggressively anti-woke, necessarily. um, But, you know, he had a famous tweet, I guess, where he said, pronouns suck, where he's, like, coming out against, I don't know, trans stuff. Um, And I think his ex-wife, Grimes, got very mad at him about that. She interpreted it as, like, hateful. I think she replied. um, It's embarrassing that I know all this. Uh, She replied to that tweet, like, Elon, I know you don't have hate in your heart delete this blah 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 um so that was interpreted as like this very hateful anti-woke remark that he said pronouns suck um but in general he's very against all of that kind of shit he's he's an anti-woke capitalist i guess um And really every capitalist billionaire is anti-woke because they're hoarding billions of dollars while countless people starve and go homeless and whatever. But most of them do a lot of signaling about how much they care about, you know, marginalized community and black people and trans people and whatever else. Um, But of course, it's all bullshit. Um, And so, yeah, the interesting thing, again, to me is that Twitter sold itself to this guy who doesn't really believe in their social values necessarily um but they did it because it was a good offer it was the best offer they were going to get and twitter doesn't really make money i don't think it's ever been very profitable uh because they don't sell as many ads as facebook does um that's why facebook is so profitable because you know it's all lousy with ads um and i think facebook has or used to have more active users it doesn't really anymore um (laughs) social media in general is kind of dying people are kind of sick of it um it was the future but i don't know the future's kind of dead and yeah it'll be interesting to see where it goes um i don't think it's going to change that much like all he's really said is that he wants to get rid of like the ai bots uh and like authenticate real people or something um Because I guess, I don't know, he's tired of uh, being harassed by all these anonymous accounts who relentlessly troll him, Uh, and he wants to (laughs) get rid of that, I guess. So he's probably going to make it better for celebrities and people with blue check marks and whatever by, like, controlling the anonymous harassing troll shit that goes on uh, all over Twitter, which is funny because all of the, you know like celebrity media blue check mark people are very angry and they're you know posturing about how they want to leave Twitter because Elon bought it and he's bad I, I guess i don't i don't know why they don't like him i guess because he's not woke enough um i don't think they dislike him because he's like rich i don't think like the average liberal media blue check mark person they love billionaires i think they just don't like him because again like he doesn't go along with the woke bullshit um but again, Twitter uh, was very, you know, pro-woke, progressive, neoliberal kind of shit. Um, but they totally sold out to someone who doesn't believe in that at all. Um, like Trump likes Elon Musk. So they might as well have sold to Trump. Like there, there isn't too much difference between Elon Musk and Trump. Trump's a little more extreme, of course. Um, but I think if Trump had the money that Elon has, he probably would have bought twitter and they would have sold it to them because <laughs> they don't give a shit about any of their values their values are a bad joke and i think this really uh exposes that in a pretty dramatic way um you know and in general like in corporate capitalist society all of the moral posturing that goes on uh as soon as it becomes clear that there's a way to make money that all goes away like you know the whole time I was growing up, all you ever heard about was, oh, marijuana is going to kill you, blah, 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 and it's horrible. Um, but now it's it's pretty much illegal in New York City, at least, uh, in Massachusetts, all around the country. Um, I don't think you can get in that much trouble for weed anymore, uh, unless you're black, of course, and then the cops will kill you or you know lock you up for 20 years. Uh, but gambling, too, sports betting especially, uh, it's all totally fine now. And it was considered this, you know, horrible moral injustice to do it for a long time. But, you know, they figured out a way to make money off of it. Um, And yeah, part of the reason that they are open to things like weed and uh, gambling being legalized uh, is because those are new forms of tax revenue for the state. And taxes on corporations and the rich have continued to go down. And so instead of raising taxes on corporations and the rich, they're opening up these new things like selling weed or making gambling legal, and the state takes a cut through various taxes. Um, so that's really why they're doing it. So again, to me, the interesting thing about Elon uh, buying Twitter is that he is very publicly against like the liberal values that Twitter, you know, was kind of based on. Um, But they don't give a shit because it's all about money, baby. Um, The other big thing that's going on right now is the election in France. France. France is how you're supposed to say it. Um, It sounds wrong to say France. I'm just going to say France. I'm tired. (laughs) Um, Emmanuel Macron won re-election. Uh, he was this very young, very Hillary Clinton, very neoliberal, very centrist, very, like, I don't want to change anything kind of guy. He he won. He didn't have much experience doing anything that I can recall. Um, he just kind of came out of nowhere, started uh, started a new political party, too, um, called, like, On March or On the Move. Um, but of course, it wasn't On the Move. It was all about, like, staying still and staying in the center. Um, and yeah, so he won over Marine Le Pen, who was this far right nationalist kind of reactionary person in 2017. Uh, and they faced off again and he won again, but the margin of victory was a lot smaller this time. Um, and so it's kind of hard to know what to make of this. Like are people, well, actually it's not because, uh, there was a interesting poll that came out that 91% of French voters voted just to oppose Le Pen, not for Macron. Um, And so Macron's neoliberalism, just like Biden, Hillary Clinton, Kamala Harris, Elizabeth Warren, all those people, um, it doesn't have any support. People aren't for it because Macron, Clinton, Kamala Harris, Biden, they aren't for anything. They don't believe in anything. They're not doing anything other than just, you know, making sure there's no fundamental change. And Biden even said this during the election. He said nothing will fundamentally change (laughs) because he was trying to distinguish himself against Bernie Sanders at that point. Um, And, yeah, people were voting in 2020, I think, mostly against Trump rather than for Biden. And here in 2022, people were voting against Le Pen and not for um, Macron. Because, again— You can't be for Macron. There's nothing there. Just like you can't be for Biden. There's nothing there. He's not going to do anything except keep things more or less the same. And Macron's going to try to keep things more or less the same. Which doesn't make sense because the reason that people like Trump won or people like Le Pen uh, keep doing better is because neoliberal, centrist Democrats like Biden or, you know, Macron's not a Democrat, but same kind of thing, um, is because they have let things keep sliding into misery and poverty and hopelessness for the mass of people for decades and decades. Obama too, of course. Um, And so there's lots of talk about like, oh, there's a new populist right movement that's happening. And I talked a bit about that. (laughs) <laughs> on the last episode um, where I, you know, pointed out how that's mostly bullshit. And I think this is sort of an example of that because people aren't voting for the populist right candidates. Like, they weren't, I don't think voting for Trump so much as they were voting against Hillary Clinton in 2016. Um... And they weren't really voting for Macron, they were voting against Le Pen. And so yeah, no one's really for anything. People are just against shit, which I guess is how it's maybe always been, but I don't know, it's really intense now. And so I guess this is how the right can win is just by being against you know, neoliberalism and against uh, identity politics and wokeness, of course. So, it's basically the future of politics is just based on a kind of growing nihilism. Um, people are just going to continue to be against things and not be for anything. And that's just how it's going to be because, you know, liberals have had so much power for so long um, political power and media power, cultural power, of course. And they've done nothing, they've stood for nothing. And, you know, people are fed up with it. But again, I think the example in France that even though Le Pen did get more support this time, uh, most people who voted for Macron voted for him just to be against Le Pen. Because they don't really want to support, I don't know, far-right, nationalism, reactionary shit, whatever. Um Cause it's i don't know it's not that popular like most people <clears throat> don't want i don't know patriotic nationalistic like whatever the right is like what even is the fucking right like it's it's not all hitlerism but i don't know it's just not popular and i don't think it's going to be popular ever really um Because, like, it's all old-fashioned, and it's all traditional, and it's all, like, religion, like, family values. Like, it's all bullshit. Like, there's a reason that liberalism and leftism and all of that stuff became so ascendant because there was this massive collective understanding that church, family, work, all of that. Um, That was the slogan of Vichy France when the Nazis took over France. Um, They changed the slogan from, liberty equality fraternity to uh family work and faith something like that um and so that's kind of what this new populist right thing uh is doing they're kind of like you know adopting the vichy nazi france idea of like oh we have to return to you know hard traditional work um family values and god basically uh And that stuff does seem better than, you know, uh, all of the annoying woke bullshit that's going on. Uh, I won't get into the details, but when I say woke bullshit, you understand what I'm talking about. Um, Like, I don't think people are actually embracing religion or faith or like the virtue of a hard day's work or family values or whatever. I don't think people are are like, you know what? That shit's actually great. It just sort of by default that's all that's there as liberalism and leftism becomes increasingly absurd and discredited and annoying to the mass of people um so yeah it really is this nihilism at the heart of our politics now and i don't see anything positive on the horizon like bernie sanders sort of was this hopeful positive thing like he stood for something he stood for you know The working man he stood against corporate greed um he stood for you know universal health care is a very tangible thing but that's all over and there's no one who's going to come along after bernie who's going to be able to capture the national consciousness the way he did like he you know, he could have won in 2016 and 2020 if the Democratic Party managers didn't conspire against him. Um, AOC is never going to run for president. If she tries, you know, it won't work. People don't like her. Some people do, but for the most part, nah. Um, and I don't see, like, I don't know, like, <laughs> I guess, like, if AOC was a white man, she might be a little more popular. Um But I don't see, like, a young, white, male (laughs) AOC on the horizon. So mm, I don't think we're going to have a socialist president ever. Um, And so this brings me to um, this article from the other day. I found it on dnyuz.com. I don't even know what the fuck that website is. Um, I don't know how I came across it. But uh the headline of the article is it's time to head for the lifeboats democratic fatalism intensifies so it's about this very pessimistic attitude within within the democratic party now um, because midterm elections are coming up this fall where you know they're going to vote for the house of representatives and the senate and a lot of democrats think that they're going to lose their seats and that republicans could retake control of the house and the senate Um, and one of the quotes in the article that I thought was interesting, um, it's going to be a terrible cycle for Democrats, said Doug Sosnick, a former political advisor to Bill Clinton. All of these fucking, like, career liberal Democrats have horrible names like Doug Sosnick. Sound like Dilbert characters or something. Um what you're seeing is people feeling like it's time to head for the lifeboats rather than trying to steer the ship, said Robert Gibbs, a former White House press secretary, secretary who worked under Barack Obama. Uh, there's another quote I'm trying to find. Basically, the vibes are bad. Very bad vibes, that's what someone in this article says. Yeah, here we go. The vibes just feel very off, said Trey Easton, a progressive consultant. Um and I think that's true. Uh Biden's popularity, his uh, approval rating is really really low. I don't think it's like the number that's going around is 33%, which is like one of the all-time lowest. I don't th- I think that's kind of manipulated and it isn't quite that bad, but it's still not good. Um of course, people are blaming him for inflation, for gas prices going up, and all kinds of other shit. Uh, I think people are still mad about him pulling out of the Afghanistan war, uh, although that was the right thing to do, um, and he should get some credit for that. And I, sh- you know, I don't like Biden or the Democrats or anything, but ending America's longest and totally pointless war Af- in Afghanistan was objectively a good thing to do, but, you know, Americans are so fucked up that, like, people are mad at him about that. Um, And so, I don't know, uh, I saw Elizabeth Warren come out the other day and said that if we don't cancel student debt, we're gonna, you know, get fucked in the midterms. And so, I think some Democrats are holding on to this idea of, like, if we abolish student debt, then that's a, you know, ace up their sleeve, and that if they do that, they'll be able to hold on to the house and, and the senate in november but i don't think even if they first of all they're never gonna fucking do that uh second of all i don't think even if they did that it would make that big of difference at this point like i don't know the time for like universal action is kind of over like it would just be absurd at this point like abolish student debt like what is this 2016 is this 2020 like all of that shit's over all of it died like Even if Biden did, like, Medicare for all, universal health care, I don't think it would move the needle that much. Uh, Like, the time for that has passed. People don't want anything positive anymore. They just want to destroy shit now. Because all of the hope in politics that we had in 2016 and 2020, it's all gone. Um, And all that's left to do is be against things and destroy things. And, you know, canceling student debt was very popular. Universal health care, very popular. Uh, these are all things that could have been done and maybe they'll do them now, although I doubt it. Um, so yeah, I think as this article said, the vibes are off for Democrats and even if they do like the Bernie Sanders economic populist stuff of canceling student debt, universal healthcare, which they won't do, but even, even if they did, I don't think it would make a difference. Um. Biden could raise the minimum wage. No reason that he hasn't done that. Uh, That might be the one thing that would actually make a tangible difference. But, you know, he's not going to do that. Um, He'd be more likely to cancel student debt than raise the minimum wage. Uh, And maybe that's one reason that they talk about canceling student debt um, is so that they can, you know, have the appearance of some kind of economic populist thing without actually having to raise the minimum wage which is what they should be doing um so yeah um the uh, election results in france again were interesting because macron won but by uh, a lower margin than he did last time over the far right le pen um, and people didn't vote to support macron they voted against le pen so her support did go up and his support got lower and more hollow, meaning that, but at the same time, people did vote for him because they were so strongly opposed to Le Pen, but fewer people are that opposed to her at this point. So I don't know. It's complicated shit, obviously. Um, And I think that I don't know. I've been saying that the populist right is mostly bullshit, and I think that's true, but, you know, even in Nazi Germany, like, uh, the Nazis only won, like, 37% of the vote at at their peak, so they, they never had, like, mass support, and when they first started in 1933, they weren't, like, that openly radical, necessarily, um, they had to kind of do a slow build up to like the full, you know, um, <laughs> shit that they did. Uh, and like the main uh, pogrom against the Jews was in 1938, um, November, 1938. So late 1938, Kristallnacht were, you know, they like openly started destroying synagogues and smashing Jewish businesses and whatever. Um, so that, that didn't happen right away. And it was sort of like this building thing. And it wasn't everyone who did it. It was just like the extremists sort of had been incubating for a while and, you know, they finally felt empowered to do that. But, you know, they had to kind of, again, slow play it um, because it was like, you know, even in Nazi Germany, it wasn't like the massive people supported far-right populism. Um, It was mostly, you know, out of the weakness of the Weimar Republic, which was the government that took over after Germany lost World War I, and it was very weak, and it was very, you know, soft, and it was very defeated. And there's a lot of overlap between Weimar Germany and the Obama Obama and Biden sort of uh, liberal America, of course. Um, But, so, you know, far-right populism, it's not actually that popular, but it feeds off emptiness and nihilism, and that's what neoliberalism produces and will continue producing. You know, if Biden runs again, that's more nothing. That's more, four more years of emptiness to feed into nihilism and reaction. Um, so yeah, right-wing populism or the dissident right isn't all that popular. It never has been and it never will be. Even at its peak, again, in Nazi Germany, it was never like that popular. You know, again, Nazis only got thirty seven percent of the vote, and they had to kind of do this slow build up to where they like did their fully you know ex- most extreme policies, um, and a lot of it was like they had to do cult. You know, this is well known. They had to do cultural propaganda to kind of convince the general public to go along with their insane shit because Hitler was insane, and so and he probably knew that to some extent, that he had to, like, you know, warm most middle-class people up to the idea of, like, extreme insane violence, which was his his plan all along. Um, But, you know, again, uh, the populist right doesn't have to be that popular because the left and neoliberalism, uh, corporate Democrats, Joe Biden, Clinton, Obama, all of that shit... um, stands for nothing. Everyone knows it stands for nothing. And as it continues to be the dominant political and cultural and media uh, thing, um, people are just going to start rejecting it. And the populist right will always be there to fill the void. And so, yeah, I don't see any change in that. So if you're looking for something to hitch your wagon to, definitely the populist right or the dissident right. Because again, neoliberalism is going to continue limping along and getting more unpopular. And just by, you know, being the other option, the populist right will, you know, be there. Um, Okay, I think that's about enough for tonight. Go Celtics. Bye-bye.